president of Adelphi's finest social, social work cohort, also known as Adelphi Students for Change. I am Victoria. And I'm Melissa. Hi, my name is Saina Sanchez, and I am a social work student as well, as you may know. Yes, I'm Ricardo, and I'm also obviously a social work student. I'm happy to be here again. Hi, my name is Kevin, and I'm also a social work student. I'm happy to be here as well. I'm Mona Whitaker, and I am a social work student at Adelphi. I'm Lauren. I'm also a student at Adelphi. I'm Rini Sheehan. I'm a student as well. And I am Professor Peggy Noel, who always interjects in previous podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are sharing our opinions on the topic of immigration. There are many push factors that push people away from their home to include things like poverty and war. Pull factors actually pull people to a new home and are the reasons people migrate, which are better opportunities, economic, political, cultural, and environmental gains. We have a diverse group of students that will hopefully share a fresh and empathetic perspective through the lens of an upcoming social worker. Okay, guys, so I just want to kind of take it back a little bit to um, Trump's administration. Um, an attempt to deter the influx of Mexican immigrants, um, the Trump administration implemented a number of policies in 2017 and 18. Um, it did lead to a decline in emissions, such as like the travel ban um, from certain countries. And also he implemented a lengthened uh, visa application process and also a uh, discretion for um, um, consular officers to deny visas. So I wanna know, this is a question that I wanna ask you guys. Do you feel that all of these implementations kind of um, created a negative connotation with immigrants and especially Mexican immigrants? I think so, especially with his whole idea of the wall. Like, I feel like if I was an immigrant, you know, wanting to come to America, just seeing that their president is trying to deter people from in coming into the country by building a wall, like, for me, that would be like kind of a red flag. Like, yeah, like this is the country that I want to go into, but what else is this leader doing for like my? like where I'm coming from and other immigrants. So that would be something that I would view as negative, all these things. I don't know if it, in my view, like created a negative connotation so much as like fed into an existing negative connotation. I think a lot of people already had um, misunderstandings about immigrants specifically from South and Central America. And I think that he appealed to those biases that people had rather than created new ones. Yeah. yeah I agree. The, the, the topic on, uh, on immigration and dealing with immigration is a very complicated one and no one really has a solution. Cause like, do you, do you let them all in or like, who do you let in and stuff like that? And like, it's, it, 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 I definitely understand, um, having some discretion as far as who you let in and, and, and things like that. But uh, just the rhetoric around, or just the, um, you know, the labeling of the, the rapist, and, and they're all, uh, you know, um, they're all um, gang members or like violent, and just that rhetoric around immigration is like that's where I have I have an issue with it. But I I, I do understand and get why we need some some more, you know, need some discretion who we who we let in. So. 
it's just a tough, it's tough. Yeah, I could attest to it itself to Ricardo. And um, my, my view on it was, yeah, we're targeting, we're seeing this, and we're going to build a wall. But yet still, we're not talking about building a wall around the Canadian border. So why, why will we build a wall, one aspect of the, the, the demographic of the country, and we're not studying about coming from the Canada, Canadian border as well? Mm-hmm. Why would they target that particular population? When we talk about immigration and unlawful document people, it's not only Mexicans undocumented or people from Central America. There's Polish, there's Swedish, there's Russian, there's Jews. But we're not targeting that population. And yet still we're saying they are criminals, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But if we go in the courthouses today, we're not only seeing Mexican in the courthouses, we're seeing all different demographics of people in the courthouse being arrested. But yet still, he, why, I don't understand why that pop, particular population was targeted. And when we watch on economic-wise, these are the people who are coming in here and picking the apples and working in, the, 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 in these jobs that a lot of us are going to work in. Let's be honest and transparent. I ain't going to pick no apple. I'm being honest. I'm an immigrant. I came from the Caribbean. I ain't going to pick no apple. I'm being honest with you. I'd rather go back in the islands and relax than go and pick apple. Mm-hmm. Be honest with you. It's funny, Kevin, because I, I have to laugh because I did pick apples, and, I, and I'm from right here in America, right here, oh, and I used to see? pick apples in the field, so it's funny. It's funny to me, but um, <laughs> my parents came from the South, and they came up, and they, they picked apples and all that stuff, um, but it's funny because Rene was talking about, because um, you guys brought up that, you know, like you said, Kevin, they don't bring, you know, why is it just this population, but it goes back to, like you were saying, they, there's already been an, a, a bias and a stigma on people from certain areas. So what I'm seeing is like with the H1B, Trump just worked on the things that we were already, that people were already feeling. Like you said, who's going to come work these, who's going to come work these jobs? With the visas, he was, that's one of the things he pushed. Listen, uh, they're going to take away American jobs. These people are coming and taking American jobs. That was, this biggest fe- that was the biggest fear factor he used. But, but you already know, Trump uses fear on everything. Everything was about fear. So if you're telling these people that there's a lot of people that are um, blue collar workers and you're telling them that these people are coming in about to take your jobs, those are the ones you're worried about. Like you said, you have other people from other countries, but a lot of them are, you may not notice, you may, well, first of all, you may not notice that they're from those other countries. You may just think they're regular, just Caucasian. You're not knowing where they're from. But these people have a look, you know what I mean? Like you know that they're from South America or, so I think it's just that Trump played off a lot of biases that were already happening. And like I said, I think the biggest one was, yeah, you're going to take our jobs. Even though, like yeah. you said, they're not the job that we're going to, that a lot of us aren't going to, aren't taking anyway. <laughs> but to make people feel like you're taking something from us, I think that's a problem. There's a, um, there's a fluff piece by NBC called, um, called Birth Tourism. It's about um, these Russian uh, women uh, traveling to, uh, to um, Miami and Florida to have their, their children so their kids could have... Um, um, you know, U.S. Pas- U.S. passport. These these are, are Russian women. There's whole companies that's 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 um, created to to you know encourage people to come to America to to have babies. And what, do anyone knows what, what what we call that when when we refer that to um, um, South American and Mexicans. Why? When when they, when people come over and have babies, you you know you you guys know that term. What is it? 
an anchor babies? You guys heard of, heard of anchor babies, right? Well, if that's the case, I'm an anchor baby. My mother, we, she had a two-year-old, but she, she came from Jamaica, and she came here pregnant, and she had me. I was the first of the latter set of her children, um, but the first child, which was born in Jamaica. Um, is birth tourism. It's mm -hmm. not anchor. So it's just, just, it's just an example of how the rhetoric around um, black and brown is versus um, everyone else. So yeah. it's a nice look at it. It's a nice NBC special. And it's like, really? <laughs> really though. But yeah. And you said, just, just put out that information again. You said it's called Anchor Babies and it's, um, what is the information on it? So it's birth. So if you look, it's just birth tourism. Um, if you type in birth tourism with, with a Russian, you'll, you'll find it. You'll, it's a nice piece. Um, uh, but they call us, you know, anchor babies, which is like a negative term of us of you know, parents coming over and having this, having a child so they could stay here in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that I, I wanted to reemphasize that the, I think the important part is that the the narrative, right? The narrative is one way when you're speaking about a certain population of people, and the narrative it can be the connotation of a negative baby, uh, the connotation of anchor babies is more negative, right? And so you want to pay attention to how, you know, it is positioned in the world, how it is presented. Just like Mona was saying that if we're talking, Trump built his campaign on fear. And so if I'm speaking to a specific audience and I want to draw them in, I'm going to use these um, words and, and I'm going to drop these words and so that people can now buy into what I'm speaking and I'm going to identify this, these groups of people in a certain way. So Mexicans are seen as criminals. Central Americans are seen as criminals. And I think a few podcasts ago, Chris had mentioned that when he came to Long Island, he was just like, yeah, you can knock them this way and hit them this way while you're arresting them. And not to mention that there are other immigrants that are non-Black and Brown that come into this country and they do the same things and they're not being targeted in the same way. Right, they're gas simulated. But don't forget though, Obama um, deported more immigrants. So it's it was it already existed obviously uh, before Obama. And, and, oh yes. And, okay. I, I, I don't, I, I don't I don't take away from immigration is poorly viewed. It is poorly handled in this country. And it's so funny because for a very long time, um if this, this this entire country is built on its immigration, right? Like um, we, I, we're, uh, not I said, mm -hmm. we're not, you know, we're all from somewhere uh, unless you are native to this country. You know, so right, but immigration is a large part of what makes America. So for me, as social workers, it is important for us to understand the driving forces behind immigration and the experience that results from their journey, leaving home, uh, traveling and relocating to a new society. And for the most part with, immigration, with immigrants, they possess important skills that are adaptable to the labor market. So they take on the jobs that most Americans wouldn't even take on. Mm -hmm. So for them to try to remove them and deport them back to their country, I feel but, that we need to, where's okay. the line though, I think. Where is there a line or we should just let them all in? What do you what do you think about that? I feel that we should draw a line between to, you know, understanding who's qualified and who's not qualified. And for those who do not follow the rules and protocols, 
they need to be removed. But for those who do take uh, precautions on getting their documents as requested and attending those appointments as requested, those are the people who deserve to be here, who follow the rules. Because if you don't follow the rules, now we already see that you're going to be a problem for us. So I feel that we do need to draw a line on who we accept in our country because, I mean, there's all kinds of people, but there's all kinds of Americans too who do the wrong things as well. But I feel that it's a privilege to be in America because America has always been the country where people go to for uh, feeling accepted and uh, receiving those resources that they could have received in their country. So I feel that it does need to be a line drawn. Kind of going off what you said, um, we were in one of my in our my race and oppression class, we we're talking about immigration, and we were learning about this uh, gentleman who came into the United States. He was an immigrant, I think from I remember where, but he was allowed to get married. He was allowed to start a business. He, you know, he wasn't. He was still an immigrant, and he still had to, um, you know, go report in New York City. And the country allowed him to, you know, like I said, get married, own a business, get a house. And, and have a family. He had a wife and a, a child. And then he showed up like he always did, like always showed up to his appointments. And then one day without notice, they deported him back to his country. So how are you allowing or in letting these immigrants stay in this country to make a life and then just to send them back? Like, I just feel like that's just so wrong. Right. I, I think, yes. Lauren, we, I think we, were, we, we did the same class together. I know that story as well. And the, 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 his wife is still fighting today for this, her yeah. husband to come back to the country, um, which is kind of sad, you know. Um, it's really, really sad. And um, back to what Sienna is saying, it's so true. Yeah, we had to draw a line. But I think we are targeting one particular. And my only problem with it is why are we targeting one particular group? I mean, we know why, though. Right, right. But that's saying, you know, if we're doing this line, let's do it for all, not just for some. Well, let me, let me just put some numbers out there. It did, um, you know, according to research, Mexico is one of the top five countries of birth for unauthorized immigrants, uh, which makes up about 53%. So there, you know, Mexicans do make up about 53% of unauthorized immigrants. So I'm not sure if that's, if it's, you know, as they say, the horse before the carriage is people feel that way because of these numbers that they've are, they're already aware of, or they just feel like that anyway, and the numbers just happen to justify it. Not sure. I'm sure that I feel like you have to look at geography too. Like Mexico is so close to the United States. Like to me, I think it's obvious that there's going to be more Mexican immigrants into the country because they have an easier access where someone's coming from India. They have to like, you know, I don't know, get on some airplane and get to, another part of South America that's not as close to um, Mexico. So they have a longer journey that they might get stopped and, you know, get sent back at a sooner mm -hmm. point than whereas the people who live closest to the American border, there's going to be more of those individuals getting into the country, whereas people who are coming from other countries. So I think that could be a factor as to why there is such a large Mexican, South American population of immigrants in the United States. Do you think that racism likely compounds it, but like Kevin said before, um, you know, why aren't we building a wall on the Canadian border? Do we have statistics on what percentage of undocumented immigrants are coming from Canada? Because I think that 95% of it is likely racism, but 5% 
could have to do with a percentage of immigrants coming from a certain area. As Honestly, Melissa was saying. Oh, those numbers really don't matter to me. I feel that everyone should be granted an opportunity. Exactly. Um, just, Come just, on with it, Victoria. Just, just remember with Me uh, Mexico, we stole, where America sits on stolen land from Mexico. So we should like understand that. So we, um, so like, you know, New Mexico and them places that the whole Southern border was not the whole, but a lot of that was Mexico before. So um, I, I definitely understand the Mexican um, situation, why there are Mexicans here. But as yeah. far as Canada, um, I think, I think, Canada is not, I think most of us are trying to flee to Canada as opposed to Canada trying to come here. So, <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> you know, cause I'm looking at it myself to be per, uh, personally, cause I love Canada, but like, so, but yeah, I do understand there's not, there's, I don't see many people trying to flee Canada to come to America cause America uh, compared to Canada in certain, in certain um, instincts, it's, it's not that you can't really compare it. But so I, I do understand why we're focusing on the, on the Southern border, but nonetheless, like Victoria said, I think, we, sh we need to figure it out. We need to um, do a, a good screening process and just um, let people in. I don't know what I don't know what else to do. Like I don't know. Sorry, I think that there's there are you, we always have to have boundaries right around um, what what immigration can look like and what it cannot look like. Right. I think, however. The problem is, is that if you are talking about, there are always people, it's interesting you're talking about this in your oppression and diversity class. There are so many people like that come to this country to seek asylum just because mm -hmm. the rights that and freedoms that they perceive Americans to have. And then the other side of that is, is that, um, you know, if they, if it, <clears throat> Americans don't also offer and embrace those same freedoms to other people that come into this country, right? Because there is this idea that just because I come from another country that I'm going to accept the jobs that other people don't want. I also, if I am a doctor in my country, I am going to want to come over here and be a doctor here, right? It doesn't mean I wasn't persecuted. It doesn't mean that I have to leave my country for whatever. So I think that it's, I, yes, there is one aspect that there are immigrants that are going to do the jobs that Americans choose not to do, but that still doesn't take away from the fact that it, there are immigrants that don't necessarily want those jobs either, and they should not have to do those jobs if they're qualified for other jobs. That's a, that's a great point. Um, I'm, I'm also an immigrant, and I was like, they like forced me to retake, like, you know, they, they left, they put you back a grade. So, you know, they, they perceive you to be this uneducated and even though the education system is, is, is actually more advanced. Um, but yeah, so things like that, just the idea that all immigrants are, 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 you know, uneducated, they're unqualified, that ideology too needs to, needs to be addressed. I agree. And we know that's not true because I could speak for my parents, for example, they came here at very young ages and they went on to do great things. So they just. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I was just thinking about, like, you know, this whole big thing with Trump and the immigration thing, it hurt a lot of, it's, 
I understand the one thing you're worried about the wall, but then you got to think of all those people that were already that were here, like they say the doc and the people that were born here. Like we had a story right in our area, right in New Paltz, where there is I think his name is Luis. He was brought here. He's a young kid for his parent from his with his mother, and he was raised here. He considered himself a New Paltz person, raised here, went to the high school, and they deported him one day. Like he owned a business. Everyone he he was a big business. Like a lot of people would you know. And he also had, um, you know, raised his family here, but they were deporting him. And, but it all stemmed from this bigger thing with the wall and everything else. And it's kind of like, you know, what about those people? You know, he came here, he doesn't know Mexico. He knows New Paltz, he knows New York, he knows United States. But it just bothers me how those people got caught up in all of this. You know, these people that are working hard, he hasn't had, he's never had any, issues with the law, he was an upstanding citizen. So how does that, you know, how do we look at that? What do we say about those people? Maybe that's just, I don't know. And we haven't mentioned the children, the children, um, the children that are, that, are, that are left here, you know, without parents that, you know, what happens to them? Like what? <laughs> Deportation, I know is like a huge issue. And we, we think of ICE as something that has I mean, at least I've definitely thought of ICE as something that's always existed, but it's relatively new. It's less than 20 years ago that ICE was formed. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what, how good the Immigration and Naturalization Service was about deportation prior to that, but the budget more than doubled in like the last 15, 20 years. And ICE seems to exist purely just for purposes of deportation and intimidation. That's like what we were talking about before about the um about the budget when we were talking about instead of going to um you know preventative me preventative measures it goes to reactive measures. We were talking last week about um law enforcement. So do yeah. we do we abolish ICE or what do we do with ICE? I, I don't know. There's been conversations around that as well. I know that um, like more centrist Democrats um, like Kirsten Gillibrand, Elizabeth Warren have said that we should reform ICE, replace it with something else, abolish it. But there are people who have been like activists since prior to then or activists with just a different view who say that like it wouldn't really do anything because some it would just be changing the name of and creating a new deportation force, or it, it's not gonna help the underlying issues and that abolishing ICE is kind of just a reactive problem as well. I, I don't know what you guys think about that. Oh, oh I'm gonna say something. Um, I don't, I'm not with abolishing ICE, because I mean, there are criminals. There are some that come here as criminals and we, are you, you, I think it's just that it just got out of hand. But I don't think we should abolish ICE. I mean, it's just like we're saying defunding the police. What are we doing tonight and what are we going to do? We're going to, you know, use that money to do something else. Okay. So I think like we, um, like just overhauling it and seeing what else we can do, adding different things, changing some of the structure of it, but not abolish it altogether because I don't know. Yeah. Kind of going off like what Mona's saying with our last podcast, we kind of talked about things that we would do like when, you know, police would come to a scene, we kind of said like, why don't they have social workers on the scene because like right now like down by the border with like these children 
in, you know, who are, have been taken from their parents, they need people to, like, watch over them. Like, obviously, they're not doing the best job. Like, a lot of them, they're not getting fed like they should. Like, the, the children, immigrants, they're not, you know, getting clothes that they should. I think, I think there needs to be some kind of force there, like, just making sure that the children are okay. But I think, kind of going off what we said in our last podcast, that maybe they need to have social workers there making sure that these children are getting the proper resources that they need to survive because it's been shown that there have been deaths at the in these situations with the children being separated and I just think that there needs to be more education or I don't know there's there needs to be something as well as trauma I mean the the trauma you know with social workers so we have to always look at things from the lens of trauma so, um, you know, these children, this is, this is, that, that will forever be a part of, part of their life, um, their, their life story and their journey, um, being ripped away from their parents. Yeah. And that's, it, uh, even the kids that's now, you know, detained or whatever, I don't know what you even call it. Um, you know, so many of them is like, they're probably never going to see their, their parents again, because they didn't keep proper database to like track uh, the parents so like that that issue as well is just like it's devastating um yeah. 500, 500 kids still don't know they don't know where their parents are 500 yeah. children yeah oh. my question it's, did did ice lost its purpose because one of the main purpose ice was formed after 9 11 yeah. right it was to protect our security itself from like security from um, tourism and, you know, people, whoever the case may be. And now we just like, are we focusing on the terrorists? Because that was one of the main purposes it derived from itself. And here yeah. we know we're taking away kids from their family and whatever the case may be. But we, we, are we focusing on the terrorists still? Because we have homegrown terrorists. You know, sorry to, to like throw off our um, divert of what we're speaking about, you know, it's like, so it's, uh, as you, you ask Ricardo, should, what should we do with ICE? I don't know, it's, it's a real complex question because it's like the purpose of ICE was like, like you know, trying to form our security itself from terrorists and whatever the case may be. Now we're targeting these families and now we're talking about kids who- Drug traffickers. Right, you know, over 500 now without their parents and I don't know. It's, it's so complex, I, don't, I really don't know. I think it's, we lost our purpose and our focus on it itself, I don't know. Similar to what you were saying before, Kevin, and what a couple other people have said that like, it seems like anything related to immigration just eventually starts to focus on Mexico, Central America, South America, because mm -hmm. that's where our biases lie. Mm -hmm. Even if that's not really what the purpose is supposed to be or it doesn't really help solve the issues. Sure. So with, with Biden, I think we should transition to Biden now. What 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 now that he's um president elect, what what's his policies coming in and, and it, is anything gonna change, you think? I know like he uh Biden, he wants to focus on the H one B uh visas. Um he said that um he wants to um eliminate the country limit for the employment based immigrants. And he also pledged to end the process that's forced um, thousands of asylum seekers to live in these camps at the border or even in Mexico. So I think that 
and in, in an article that I read, that's where his focus is yeah. right now is to start with these camps and then move on to the asylum seekers. I I, I just I just wonder, <clears throat> given there's a lot of pressure and a lot of things to address, and yeah. this is completely off topic. If immigration will become will still be the priority, given that we're in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. given that he still has not had a proper tra- um, transition meeting, mm-hmm. meeting, and there are so many things that are going to come at him so early on, and so mm-hmm. many expectations, given that this administration has overturned so much, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Supreme Court is a conservative dominant Supreme Court right now. Mm-hmm. So there are there are a lot of things that we can want and we can anticipate and want to hold them accountable for, but we still don't even know if we have the Senate yet. So exactly. there's that, going to be a lot of questions and a, and a lot of work that may not be um, prioritized in the same okay. way that we anticipated. Yeah, we had to wait till January 5th and see. Yeah, I, I will say though with Biden, um, uh, Trump made a good point that they, you know, he built the cages. So it's it's kind of now his issue that he needs to address. Um, so I'm happy that he's now in it because he needs to address those those issues. I mean, Trump used the cages, but he built it. So I think we should go back. Uh, um, and and I'm glad he's president now to address the issue that he kind of his administration uh, his administration kind of started. So. I think that as we said before, like introducing social workers would hopefully bridge like inequalities and enhancing the lives of immigrants and children, families. Um, And hopefully, like Peggy said, we could, hopefully Biden finds a way to balance the pandemic and still focus enough on immigration to work on doing that. Um, But unfortunately that is all the time we have for this week. Um, next, next week, tune in as we discuss another thought-provoking topic. We'll see you all then. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for time. All right. Bye.